Today's episode is all about our game of the week from last week, Alcorn versus Southern. It was a great game with a lot of ramifications. We're going to break down the aftermath and then also how was Southern able to get the win. Oh yeah, it's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU podcast, your number one. Daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On podcast network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives right here at the bottom of your screen. Don't forget the S on the end if you're on the audio side of things, okay? Now, this game between Alcorn and Southern was major. Not only in the fact that it was a great game and really a lot of fun to watch. Not only in the fact that it had a lot of ramifications coming into the game, but then also with how the game played out. There are so many things that I feel like we need to get into. So we're going to start off this episode a little bit different than we typically do. Most times we come in and we break down the action right away. But I think maybe the most interesting storyline is what comes next. Like, yes, we've seen Southern knock off Alcorn. It's a big time win, right? But what happens now? What is the aftermath of this? So we're going to get into it because... This had the potential to be a SWAC West championship game. And possibly when the season's over, that's what it's going to be. Maybe when we look back in December, we say this was the SWAC West championship. Southern won this game, and that's the reason that they're going to be representing the West in the conference championship. But we also might not. And honestly, the more I looked into this, the more I felt like we wouldn't. It was really that close. So I want to get into really this SWAC West race because to me, it's a three-team race. It's five teams in the conference, or excuse me, it's six teams in the conference. However, in this division, it's only it's only three teams that can really win it, man, right? So six teams in the division, excuse me, not the conference, but there's three teams that are really going to win it. However, let's, let's indulge it, right? Because I don't have only Prairie View, Southern, and Alcorn fans who are listening right now. I have some Grambling fans, some UAPB fans, some Texas Southern fans. I better have some, some Texas Southern fans. I better. Right, y'all my y'all my guys, y'all my girls. I better have some of y'all in here. But I want to talk about each one of them. So Grambling is 0-4 in the conference. We're only going to use conference records because that's all that even matters. Grambling is 0-4 in the conference. UAPB is 0-3 in the conference. If either one of those teams were to win this division, it would be an absolutely crazy, bonkers, frantic type of end to this season. I think Grambling basically would have to have everybody lose out. Everybody would have to lose out in that top three, and then they would have to win out because they already have four losses. At best, they can get to four and four, and everybody else is at three and one. So they would basically have to lose out. They can't lose to anybody else. And then you look at UAPB, they would at best get to five and three, and I don't think three, I don't think three losses wins this division. 
So then you get to Texas Southern, who is at only two losses. Of all of them, I guess TSU kind of feel like it has a, a reasonable shot. They're only a game behind. Prairie View, Southern, and Alcorn. They beat Southern already, lost to Prairie View, still has Alcorn on the on the schedule. It feels like it's doable. I just don't think it happens. And this comes from an alum who actually feels like there's some talent on this team, and they can go toe-to-toe with a lot of people. However, they already have two conference losses. They lost to Alabama State, and they lost to Prairie View. Had they not lost to, let's just say, Alabama State, because they already lost to PV a while ago, I think it might be doable, but now they still have to face Alcorn and they have to face Jackson State. I don't think they beat Jackson State. I feel pretty confident in saying that they don't beat Jackson State, and if they do, it would be a really big-time upset. I don't think they're three wins. So even if you beat Alcorn, I don't think that three losses wins the division. So that's why I take all three of these people out. I wanted to really discuss why I felt like they were not in this race because I say it's a three-team race, but not everybody knows why I think it's such a three-team race because we might only be paying attention to those three so we don't know what the other three in the division are doing but that's what they're doing and that's why I don't feel like they have a real chance now let's get to the big three right and you're looking at Southern we're going to start off with the victor in this game with this win they control their destiny that's why this game had so many ramifications they control their destiny and they are number one they are at the top they're not in sole possession or excuse me they are in sole possession of that first spot in the SWAC West because they're in a tiebreaker with two teams that they've already defeated. The two teams in Alcorn and Prairie View have one conference loss and both of those losses are to Southern. So Southern is alone at number one. Control their own destiny. All they have to do is win. And of course, it's easier said than done. However, it's really easier said than done when you look at their schedule. So they still have to play Grambling and I don't care. They are a better team than Grambling. They are a better team than Grambling. However, the Bayou Classic is the Bayou Classic, and crazier things can happen. So let's just put Grambling on kind of a tough game. They still have to face Jackson State, and in my opinion, Jackson State is the best team in this conference. So with that being said, that's a tough game. The jury's still kind of up on FAMU. I think we're going to talk about them tomorrow. I'm I'm up in the air on FAMU. I don't know really how to feel about fam you but i will have something to say if not tomorrow on thursday i mean on wednesday excuse me so those are three relatively tough games that they still have to play then you look at alcorn alcorn still has to play jackson state this loss was big for them because had they won had alcorn won this game i think the alcorns are swack west champs um they would just have to take care of prairie view that's all they would have to do they just need to take care of pv they still have a chance to win. I think they have one less tough game than than Southern does. And all they have to do is have one less loss than Southern as the rest of the season goes on. They're tied. The record is tied. They all have one loss. Southern just defeated both of these teams, so they win a tiebreaker. But it's still a tie, right? So Alcorn still has to face Jackson State. They still have to face Texas Southern. They still have to face Prairie View. TSU doesn't really look like it'll be... I think I think TSU can give a lot of people a game, but I think that Alcorn is going to go in there as a favorite. I think it's a toss-up between them and Prairie View, and like I said, I think Jackson State is the best team in the conference. So now let's get to Prairie View. All eyes have been on these two teams, but I really want to talk about PV because they're the other team that really has a chance. They have a really, a really good chance, and when you look at their schedule, which I want to pull up real quick, all they need to do is win out. If Prairie View wins out, I think they win the conference. 
And we say things are easier said than none, but I really think this is possible. I know a lot of the attention in this episode specifically is going to be about Alcorn. It's going to be about Southern. However, let's look at Prairie View because their road to the SWAC West Championship, it's not as difficult as you might think. Stop me when I say something that you think is improbable. Jackson State wins out. Prairie View knocks off Bethune-Cookman. University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. Mississippi Valley State. All of those things are not only completely probable, I think they happen. So at that point, all they have to do is beat Alcorn. That's the part that's really easier said than done. But now we go from thinking Alcorn versus Southern is the Swag West Championship. And if Prairie View knocks off Alcorn, I believe they win the Swag Championship. Some or at least the Swag West Championship. Sometimes having an easier schedule really benefits you. They don't have to play Jackson State. The two teams they're competing with do. I think that's going to go a long way to getting PV that SWAC West. And if I had to be honest, that's one of my, it's really close with, with Southern just taking care of business. It's that close. I really think that these are things that not only could happen, are very likely to happen. I cannot wait to watch and see just how this thing unfolds because, gosh, it's going to be a lot of fun. But we're going to go into something that has already happened. And I've talked about what happens after this game. But let's talk about what happened in this game between Southern and Alcorn State. But before we get into it, I would love to tell you about Simply Safe because Simply Safe has a long lasting resume. Listen, over the last decade, 4 million people have got with Simply Safe. And you don't just do that by being some rinky dink alarm system, security system. No, you do that by being one of the best in the business. And that's what Simply Safe is. When you look at Simply Safe, I love the ability to really look at my phone and see what's going on around my house. I love the ability because I'm a forgetful person. I am a forgetful person to the core. And I appreciate the fact that if I do forget, there's a contingency plan called my phone. I can put everything down. This thing right here, I can go ahead and set my alarm from there. There is no safe like Simply Safe. Even if they can't reach me, they're going to make sure that the authorities know quickly and they're able to get there expeditiously. That's what I love about Simply Safe. Now, let me tell you what this deal is for you. Let's get into it. So, customize your perfect system at home for only or in only a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan. Get your first month for free. All you have to do is visit simplysafe.com slash locked on college to, to learn more. And there's no safe like Simply Safe. As we keep rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day. And today's word of the day is frantic, meaning filled with excitement, activity, or confusion. Also means wild or frantic. Okay, I want to talk about this game. We talked about what comes from this game, but let's talk about how Southern was able to get the victory because that's just as important. Like the storyline of what happens is great as we continue, but let's not, you know, Let's not avoid what happened in the moment. I, I, sometimes we want to avoid being prisoners of the moment and then we forget to really appreciate what was right in front of us. Let's not do that here. Let's talk about this game because I think this game is major. Southern was able to win this game because they had an explosive offense in the first half and a resilient, flexible, you know, to, to kind of hammer home the point of really how they got it done. They had a flexible defense 
in the second half. I think that's an appropriate word with just a different kind of meaning here. But we're going to get into it. But let's start off with the offense and why I feel like their explosive nature is really the reason they were able to win. All 21 points that they scored in this game were scored in the first half. So in the first 30 minutes, they were able to put up 21 points. It was actually 21 to 14 at the end of the game and the final or excuse me at the end of the first half and the final score was 21 to 17. So it was a lot of defense being played in that second half and a whole lot of offense in that first half. It didn't it didn't go down and finish the way that it looked like it was going to, but it kind of made for an interesting game nevertheless. All 21 of Southern's points were scored in the first half and basically all of them came on the backs of big plays. If they weren't scored on a big play, they were influenced by a big play. And you saw this kind of initiative. It felt like a mission. It felt like they came into this game and said the back end of Alcorn is susceptible to the deep ball. And on the first play of the game, August Petrie, third of his name, bomb, right? And that's when I said, first play, a bomb? Mm, okay, I, I'm going to watch for this. And I saw it pop up as the game continued. But we saw it probably the most apparent two plays later they had a run and then they had a, a, a false start that pushed them back to like a second and 13 and then another bomb to petrie third of his name and this time it was a touchdown so now you have that play right there petrie had three catches of over 30 yards two of which were on the first three plays of the game he had another one later in the game and that led to their third touchdown of the first half so Petrie had three catches for over 30 yards apiece, and he also ended with one, or excuse me, he ended with four catches for 127 yards. These are big plays, all of which led to a touchdown or scored a touchdown. Now you look at Legon, right? Because that other touchdown was scored on a one-play, 36-yard touchdown run by Carl Legon on the first play of the drive, guys. Big plays were rattling off. This was 36 yards. So now, you have a near 40-yard touchdown, right? I think it was 37 yards on that first Petrie touchdown. Then you look at another touchdown of 36 yards, this time on the ground. Then your final touchdown that you scored in the game, it wasn't scored on a big play. It was only like a 12 or 14-yard um, play. However, there was another 37-yard catch from Petrie, third of his name, of course, third of the game as well. And when you look at these big plays, Petrie was the first 100-yard receiver for Southern this year. He ended up having 127. Ligon had the most running yards of any player in a single game this year for Southern. He had 99, so he just narrowly missed that century mark. But these big plays contributed to some of the best performances on the offensive side of the ball that we've seen all year. That's what the big plays were able to do. The big plays contributed to some of the best individual offensive performances right so let's clarify that not team but the big plays contributed to some of the best individual offensive performances that we've seen all year all season highs most receiving yards by a player all year most rushing yards by a player all year easily by a running back I think I think McCray had 90 something yards I think it was 95 against Texas Southern that's what this did and it drove the offense forward that's how they were able to score but they barely got on the field in the second half. They only had really three drives. You know, I think they might have had four, and the last one was the grind out the clock drive. That's not really trying to get points. So they didn't get the ball much. And that had to do with Alcorn's ball control. And now that's where we're gonna and that's where we're gonna switch over to that Southern defense. 
Alcorn's ball control felt good. But it, when you look at what it did, it wasn't as positive as you would think it would be. Because they were a team that was trying to come back. And yes, they kept Southern off the field and they were able to keep Southern scoreless in the second half. However, because they controlled the ball so much, it forced them into a situation where they needed to score. And they only scored on, on one. They attempted two field goals and only connected on one. So you had an eight-minute drive, seven minutes and 46 seconds drive that resulted in no points. A missed field goal attempt. That's just time off the clock. You're just wasting. Southern will take that. Then you, you come right back. You have a near five-minute drive. You get a field goal. You're down seven points. You're down seven points. If either one of those drives results in a touchdown, it's not only a tie. You might be winning this game because you did do good things offensively or defensively in the second half as well, other than just keep them off the field. But that's really what slowed them down. They couldn't get any momentum going. That's what happened. But the defense bent and it bent and it bent. So when I say they're flexible, they're basically doing the backwards bridge. I haven't been able to do that since I was like seven years old. But they're basically doing the backwards bridge. And when it's time for them to topple over, they pick right back up. And they get right back in your face and they stop you. So when they need to be stout, they're stout. That's what happened in the second half. Offensively in the first half, big play after big play after big play. It really helped them score. Defensively, they bunkered down in the second half, specifically when they needed to force a field goal. And one of them didn't connect. And then there's one play. I want to get to kind of the game sealer in a way, defensively. You have Jarvie and Howard, who was bigger than I thought he was, right? Um, because it's the first time I've really been able to see Alcorn. I've been able to keep up with them, but I haven't been able to watch them in action. This was my first time. I didn't know that Howard was that big to be to ripping off those uh, big plays that he been ripping off. It's a big guy. It's a big guy, right? But um, overall, Howard looked like he was going to fall forward. That's why I mentioned he's a big guy because it matters here. It looked like he was prepared to fall forward. It was fourth and one on the Southern 46, and he probably only needed about inches left. He's being tackled. But then you look at Danny Jackson, a freshman, he throws his arm out and he kind of stops that momentum. It looked like Howard was ready to fall forward and get that first down. And if he gets the first down, they're in Southern territory. Who knows how that's going to how that's going to end up. But you stopped him and he doesn't even get credit for that. that like that's not going to go down on anywhere but the the Southern film room. But I saw it. I saw Big 97 throw his arm out and it looked like that throwing the arm out was enough to stop Howard's momentum. One of the most understated plays, but arguably one of the biggest plays of the game. It's not even going to go down on a stat sheet. I looked at the, the tackle. It had two people there. Neither one was Jackson. I know I saw 97. I couldn't have been tripping, right? I really, I, if, I, if it wasn't 97, maybe it was 57. I don't know. I think it was 97. I was, I'm talking myself out of it live. Y'all are watching me talk myself out of it. I was so confident when I said it. That's a, there's a lesson. Show this to your kids. Don't doubt yourself. When you know, you know. All right, it was 97. That's 97 is da uh, Danny Jackson. And he had a major play that you won't even see on the stat sheet. But I think it was a game-saving arm. <laughs> it was just a game-saving momentum stopper. If it wasn't a tackle, we're going to call it something. And that was a major play by Jackson. And it's the reason that Southern was able to come up with this big-time victory but now I want to look at some of the metrics that we had going into the game. We had our key matchups. We're going to skip over the storylines because neither one of the storylines were really things that played into the game. They're more so things that play into the aftermath of the game. And we've discussed that already. 
where we're going to talk about our key matchups and then also our keys to victory and how all of that transpired in the game. Before I get into it, however, I would love to tell you about Bet Online. They're my good people, all right? I have my Saints shirt on. Win, lose, or draw, I'll be rocking with my Saints every single Monday because I'm recording these on Sunday night. So I'm rock with them. I'm not going to take it off. I don't care. We won. We, won, we lost. Don't matter. We lost it this uh, today for those who keep in track. But Bet Online is where you put your money down. My friend talking about the parlay he's trying to hit. I said, put your money down on Bet Online. Um, and it's not only football, basketball season's around the corner. So you're going to see me with my Pels gear on. I'm ready. I'm ready, y'all. I'm ready for Zion to come back. I'm ready for B.I. to come back. I'm ready to be tuning in to Locked On Pelicans the same way that I'm uh, listening to Locked On Saints. Ross and Jake are some of the best doing it in the business, both representing the best teams in their respective sports. I don't care about a record, right? Go listen to them, and they're going to tell you what you need to do to make some money, but make sure you're making that money on Bet Online. They have football, basketball, combat sports, hockey, baseball, everything you could dream of, including esports. Just make sure you're doing it on Bet Online where the game starts. As we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I truly do appreciate you for listening, man. I was talking to somebody earlier and I'm like man I just want to keep getting traction driven to the show I love when you guys show up and you show love in the comment section in the views I have a couple of people who tweet me on Twitter occasionally and um ah, I'm gonna be so mad because I, I forgot his name I forgot his Twitter name but somebody really influenced me to start using the hashtag play my music I cannot forget this guy's name oh my god I gotta go through all of these notifications um ah it's gonna be so hard Anyway, I'm not going to be able to find it right now, and that's going to aggravate me, but it is what it is. I I just want to say shout out to y'all because I can't find this right now, but just know if you're listening to this, I truly do appreciate you. You are a fam you fan, and that's all I can remember. I'll find it eventually. However, we have to keep going with the show, and, uh, and I'll find it. But let's get into these keys to victory and these matchups that we were talking about on yesterday's or Friday's episode, really the last episode that we put out, and that one was key matchups in the trenches right um oh man this is gonna make me mad oh here we go here we go i knew i was gonna find him the real d scott the real d scott i appreciate you man because i wasn't doing play my music before you the underscore real underscore d scott y'all go give him a follow man that's my guy i appreciate you for real um so now that we've gotten through that and i've gotten to the shout out now we can carry on and we can flow with this episode. I thought I was going to have to take a break and find it because it was going to aggravate me. Anyway, let's get into it. The matchups were the trenches. And then also Bashan McCray versus the whole defense. And let's start off with McCray because it's kind of simple. It's like I said at the last segment. Offensively, they were explosive in the first half. McCray was doing it. Second half, they really didn't get on the field that much. So I can't really knock them for real for that because they just weren't on the field. They just were not, they didn't have a lot of opportunities. However, Alcorn was able to step up in the times that they needed to, so I will give them that. They definitely stepped up when they needed to, but it's kind of hard to judge who wins this. I think I want to give the nod to Southern because they were able to get explosive plays that generated points. So while they were able to shut down that offense in the second half, I give the personal nod to an explosive play. I, I I give the nod to 
two big time or really three big time throws that led to 14 total points. That, that's what I'm going to give the nod to. So when it comes to Bashan McCray versus the defense, even though he wasn't as effective with his legs as he had been in the last three games, I'm going to go ahead and give that nod to Southern in that. Now we look forward to the trenches because we talked about Bashan McCray versus the whole defense. But now let's talk about the trenches because that's something that I was interested to see how it played out. Alcorn was leading the league or leading the conference in sacks. And I'm not sure how many sacks Jackson State got against Bethune-Cookman this weekend. However, Southern's only one behind them now because that's how different things were. They got after Michonne, or excuse me, they took down Bashan McCray only one time. They have five tackles for a loss, and that's a solid game. I mean, that's cool for most teams, but not for Alcorn. That's not a good game for them. And it pains me to sit here and tell you that something five-related wasn't good. You know me. However, it was not a good performance for Alcorn. That's not what they're accustomed to. They're accustomed to getting after the quarterback two, three times a game. They're accustomed to having tackles for a loss about seven times per game. So this is... It's more than the Southern offensive line is used to giving up. However, it's not at the same clip that Alcorn typically gets. So it really depends on what you value there. But when you look at it, this is the least amount of tackles for a loss that Alcorn has had all year. They had five against Tulane. They had zero uh, sacks against Tulane. That's the only thing less than today's output or Saturday's output, excuse me. They had one in that game. And there's no FBS umbrella where it's like, oh, we're playing Tulane, the number now number 25 team in the nation. Shout out to the Green Wave. Um, but um, sorry, Louisiana Ties. I'm just very happy to see that they're getting a little bit of respect. And they, I like the underdog. I like an underdog. Anyway, it's not the point right now. The point is they're going against Tulane. There's no FBS umbrella of, oh, I'm going against an FBS team. That's what my stats are worse. This is the same level as you. And you had your worst game. Right. So and there's no there's no excuse you can come up with in that. Now you look at the Alcorn or excuse me, you look at the Southern defensive line and Southern was getting after it. They heated up. Now we're going to have a good five here. Now they heat up Aaron Allen. They get five sacks. They get eight tackles for a loss, both of which are highs and allowed for Alcorn's offensive line. They had never allowed anybody to have eight tackles for a loss, never allowed anybody to have five sacks against them. No. So that's a major win. Alcorn's defensive line had their least productive game of the year. Southern's defensive line forced Alcorn to have their worst game offensively protecting the quarterback and protecting the running back as far as just run stops and things of that nature. This is a great game. Fully a win in the Southern department here. Not a question about it. Now let's get to our keys for the victory because that was our last segment. We're going to wrap it up with that now. Key to victory for Southern was to stop Jarvie and Howard. And they completely did that. Like I said, he was a little bit bigger than I thought. He did get, get some nice grinded out yards. I mean, he didn't look bad. But when you look at his yards per carry, they weren't good. It was under four. It's about 3.6. Nico Duffy didn't have a great yards per carry either. So they weren't really efficient on a play-in and play-out basis. And you stopped Howard from having a big run. He only had 11 yards as his longest run of the day. That's an effective game plan. That's what you want to see. That is stopping Jarvie and Howard. Now you look at Alcorn State. They were able to protect the football. They had one interception, but they protected the football, and that was their key to victory. It just didn't help them too much because they had other things that were going wrong. So when you look at it, two of the three, because the trenches were two matchups, both the Wit Southern won, 
I think McCray won that one because you look at the explosive plays that he and the passing game were able to generate. But let's just say two and a half, maybe two and a tie, right? Let's say two and a tie. You win two out of the three matchups. You win your key to victory. And now you look at the scoreboard and it says 21 to 17 for Southern University. So when you wonder why they were able to win this game, I can tell you it was an explosive first half by the offense. I can tell you that it was a real flexible and bend but don't break style of defense in the second half. Or I could tell you that they won the key matchups and they executed their key to victory. All of which come into a big pot and it tells you why Southern was able to win this game that could end up being the SWAC West Championship, but only time will tell. Hopefully time doesn't have to tell on whether or not you come back and keep checking us out because I really do appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day, right? And I hope you do it tomorrow too. And when you come back tomorrow, we're going to be talking about the D2 Kings in Albany State and Bowie State and how their crown is no longer on their head. We're going to be talking about that game and a little bit more on tomorrow's episode of Locked on HBCU. And for your second listen of the day, make sure you're checking out our conference shows here on the network. Locked on ACC with friend of the show, Candace Cooper. Locked on ACC, or excuse me, SEC, Big 12, Pac-12, and Sunbelt. They're all a part of the Locked on Conference family so keep checking us out and in the meantime in between time if you're looking for me you can find me on twitter at south exclusives and i feel confident pointing at the details at the bottom again Whew! i was good until i got excited so if you looked up you might have seen me off but I, I pointed at i'm here anyway we're going back to it in the meantime in between time if you're looking for me you can find me on twitter at south exclusives not pointing at this thing again until the next time that we hear each other family take care stay blessed <laughs> Peace.